to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goal. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today we are bringing you an amazing guest here, Randy Smith, to share his story in real estate and how he's gotten to where he is today, how he's been able to invest within real estate to set his family up in the event of anything happening from a financial standpoint. And he has a fantastic, amazing story to share with us today. A little bit about him. He has a background in the financial services industry. He started with real estate about three years ago with experiences in single families, turnkeys. He did burrs. And then now he's moved on to passive investing, has invested in over 12 syndications himself this so far, and will continue to invest in that and build up his portfolio. So Randy, thank you so much for being here today. And how are you doing? I am doing great, Eileen. Thank you so much for having me on your program. Thank you. Randy, I would love to hear a little bit more about your story. You are also a working W-2 corporate employee invested in real estate. What's your background and how did you get started in real estate and why did you get in real estate? Yeah. So I, um, as you mentioned, I've been involved with real estate investing for about three or four years now. It is something that I've always been interested in. My dad owned about 100 units in LA at one point, and he actually worked for LA County Sheriff's Department. So well, they do okay. They don't do super well. So I saw the life that my dad was able to build with his investments and knew that someday that would be something that I would jump into as well. So fast forward, I have been in financial services sales or something similar for about 20 years or so. I had various times throughout my career where I thought, you know, is now the time, is now not the time to jump into real estate and started looking into it much heavier, probably about six or seven years ago. Found bigger pockets, read the little purple book, you know, did the things that a lot of people do. And then I actually ended up landing that dream job where I had been striving towards that dream job and thought if I ever got there, then I will have arrived and I would have made it, be able to make all the money I could ever imagine making. And that actually ended up being the career that I was in for the last 10 years or so and did very, very well at that. And about four years ago, we had got to a position where we thought it might make sense to start diversifying, start looking at other areas. We had done well financially, so we had some capital that we needed to place. And I didn't want to just throw it in the stock market. My dad, as I mentioned, had retired and during the last recession, wiped out about 40% of his retirement and he had to actually go back to work. So I was a little nervous having all of my money tied up in the stock market, like so many people do when you're a traditional W-2 guy. So my wife and I started looking at different podcasts and reading different books and getting educated and used to listen to a ton of podcasts because I was a road warrior. I was on the road constantly. So I started getting my education through that, whether it's Bigger Pockets or the Real Estate Radio Guys or any of the hundreds of other podcasts that you know I've listened to and kind of had sat on the fence for quite a while. And then I heard a really, oh, kind of inspirational, very high energy turnkey provider on one of the podcasts I was listening to and just made the decision like, this is it. This is where I'm going. I'm a W-2 guy. I can't be active. So I'm going to jump in all in with turnkey. I probably should have done a little more due diligence than I did. 
but I'm still grateful today that I took the action. We ended up buying a couple in Kansas City. As you know, I'm here in Phoenix, so this was long distance. I never flew out there. I never met the guy face-to-face. Made that mistake that I think a lot of people do saying, hey, can you send me some referrals? And of course, he sent me some fantastic referrals that could only say wonderful things about him. And that was probably the last good things I heard about the guy just before I signed the contract. So we ended up buying a couple of those. They ended up, I think in our first 30 days, we had a roof replacement. We had an HVAC replacement. We had a major plumbing issue in like the second or third month, just issue after issue. Or turnkey property. Turnkey properties. Yes. So due diligence on turnkeys are extremely important, extremely important. And just because you hear it on a podcast does not mean that they are stand-up guys that are reputable. So we got a little burned on those, but we were still really excited about real estate. And at that time, we started doing our due diligence on other markets and made the decision that we're going to move into the Burr strategy. We end up honing in on Atlanta just because all of the metrics and our due diligence was pointing us towards that. And we were kind of excited about spending some time there. So we started our Burr process in Atlanta and we did some pretty extreme down to the studs renovations on one property. We did kind of a mid-range rehab on the second property. Third one was more of a paint and lipstick, but we ended up doing very well with those. And in all honesty, I probably would have stayed in that space had the market not just exploded because you just couldn't find any properties at that point. So we looked for more houses for about a year and just couldn't find anything that we could pencil. And I'm a little more conservative, so I didn't want to lean over the skis too much and wanted to make sure that you know if, if we did move forward with something, it was going to be a good deal. So we actually made the decision to move into multifamily passive investing, as you hear a lot of people do. And we've been in the passive investing LP space ever since. So that's kind of where we are today. While you're working your W-2 job and doing all this real estate on the sidelines, could you see the progress that you're making, even though you were experiencing some losses with like the first turnkey, but at the same time with the other burn methods that you were doing, you were also making money? Were they offsetting each other? And overall, were you making a return or was there a deficit for you guys? Yeah, that's a good question. I think certainly on the turnkeys, we came out of pocket with some of those major repairs on the front end. But we could see that the area was appreciating. Like from a logical standpoint, we could see that the math worked if we could just get ahead of all of these repairs. But we figured out pretty quickly that if we are going to hold these properties for long term, we need to have much higher quality rehabs. So you're not running into those type of issues. I think turnkey by definition should be turnkey and you should not expect to incur any very large charges in the first six to nine months or a year or so. So that's really why we wanted more control over the Burr strategy and the other ones. And what I'll say with those is we started doing the Burr strategy in Atlanta right around the time that COVID hit. So we had a lot of challenges with the city and permits. And we had all the issues you hear about with contractors where, I mean, it was a doozy. It was a roller coaster for a while. But fortunately, being a high W-2 guy, I had some deeper pockets to kind of support that. And in the end, Now that we're exiting those five, it will be very, very positive. Yeah, our returns are amazing on those five properties. And we're now taking all of that capital and shifting over to passive investments. What was it for you when you saw passive investing in a turnkey versus passive investing in syndications? Like, What was the difference for you? And why have you decided to 
liquidate the single family portfolio and the Burr method that you had been utilizing and transitioning that all into syndications now? Like, What was it about it that helped to make that decision for you? Yeah. What I came to realize is that I am very, very good in financial services sales. I am a high performer. I do extremely well. And in a sense, I am a good jockey in that arena. So when I started looking at the real estate investing arena, there are really, really good jockeys out there, jockeys being the operators. And if you can do due diligence and feel comfortable with an operator, passive investing literally is just writing a check and sitting back and waiting for the checks for the money to come back. Now, it does increase the dependence on that due diligence, but these guys generally are experts. I like to invest with operators that this is what they do full-time. They have a track record. They've gone full cycle on deals. They know what they're doing. They're reputable. They're leaders in their industry. So I think the risk is much smaller in those areas. Now, the downside is that you don't have the control. You don't get to influence what's going on, but it does allow the high W-2 earner to just essentially sit back as we did with our 401ks and our stock markets, bet on the jockey, and then trust that those jockeys are going to go do go win the race, essentially. So that's my thoughts on that. In terms of the returns, were they similar at all? Or were you seeing more returns in what you were doing with the Burr strategy or what you're seeing now in syndication space? Or was there even any type of correlation or similarities that you saw between those two? I mean, they're entirely different businesses. So it's hard to really even compare. As an example, on my first Burr, we bought a house for 50 grand. We put 50 grand into it. We did our refi and we pulled out 30 grand in addition to the money that we had already invested. So within a fairly short period, we've got all of our money out and now we just have positive cash flow. So how do you calculate the returns on an infinite return? It's pretty hard to do that, right? On the LP side, you see all different types of returns. And with syndication, there's all different types of syndicators that are either growth-based or cash flow based or they're the guys that you just want to put your money with and not lose the capital, just basically capital preservation. And it's a very different world on that side as well. So comparing burring or turnkey to syndication, it's there's just not enough information there to compare one to the other, quite frankly, right? We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So when you were investing in real estate, were you looking at it as a way to... You mentioned that it was a way to diversify your portfolio and to mitigate some of the risks out there compared to what you were seeing in the stock market and the experiences that your father had before you. Sure. When you were looking at real estate, were you looking at it like for a short-term gain, long-term gain? Were you looking for it to supplement you in retirement? How did that journey or how did that vision look like for you as you were getting into real estate? Yeah, I think it's a really good question. 
And a question I probably should have spent a lot more time on early on, I am kind of that high energy, excited, energetic guy that I will hear something and get excited about it and want to jump in and ask questions later. The guy who jumps out of the plane and builds the chute on the way down. So to <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> which is good and bad, right? My wife is the exact opposite of that. So we really kind of balance well in that arena. But I always thought it was a long-term play. Ultimately, my goal out of this was always to ultimately decrease my dependence on my W-2 job. Um, I've been around corporate America for years. I've been now involved with two different layoffs after spending 10 plus years with organizations. And I just saw far too many times where people would get the pink slip and they're just petrified and not sure what they're going to do and how are they going to pay their bills and how are they going to get by. So we've been much more conservative and we followed the Dave Ramsey plan and the baby steps. And we were very adverse or against getting a lot of debt, just very, very conservative. So the goal here was really let's build enough income from this other business to where if something happens with the job, then we're going to be okay. And as I shared with you earlier, that actually happened this week to me. So I had been with my organization, top performer, President's Club winner, consistently year after year. And I got laid off again on Monday. A lot of my coworkers are really, really nervous about what they're going to do now and how they're watching that severance clock drop, knowing that once the severance is gone, they don't have anything. And fortunately, with the decisions we've made with our real estate, we're in a position where we're exiting all of our single families. And we've been able to create about a third of my monthly income from passive investments at this point, the goal to try to be at about half by the end of the year. And even with the layoff, I'll probably make more money this year than I did last year because of all of these real estate investments. So, you know, thank God we spent the time and the energy doing this over the last few years because things would look a lot different in my household today had we not. So... What you mentioned was really interesting. First of all, in your W-2 job, you were a high performer, winning multiple awards. Did the mm-hmm. layoff for you come as a surprise or was it something kind of in the waters that people were kind of feeling and seeing something potentially happen on the horizon? Yeah. So, well, the short answer is I think we all knew something was going to happen without sharing too much details and non-disclosure stuff that we have. I think we all did. I was not super surprised Monday morning when the invite appeared on the end on the calendar. So yeah, short answer is not surprised. So tell us about once you looked at now this unfortunate situation has happened mm-hmm. and now you have the financial backing to support your family, you have some passive income coming in. Mm-hmm. How does that help you strategize going forward? Now that you at least know you have some source of income coming in without having to worry about your W-2 income now that that piece of it is gone, how does that impact it, like your mental health and then the way you strategize and are looking at finances down the future? Yeah, I think that's just a great, great question. So ultimately, it gives me a lot more flexibility and it gives me the ability to kind of pick and choose what I do now. I had had kind of like a five-year plan. I started a couple of years ago. Like My goal was a couple of years from now to be leaving the W-2. So I was well down that path. And honestly, this could end up being the best thing that ever happened to me because it would have been fairly difficult to walk away from high W-2 income to go jump in and go all-in passive investor or all-in passive slash active investor of some sort. So I think ultimately, real estate has given me flexibility 
It's given me confidence. It's just opened a lot more doors. And I feel like I'm really in a position where I can go do whatever I want to do right now. And I don't have a clock that is going to determine when or I decide to take that next job or jump into that next JV or whatever that is. I kind of pick and choose at this point. And going forward, looking forward down, especially with there's some uncertainty within real estate right now. There's some volatility going on. There's some talks that maybe there may be a downturn coming on the horizon there. How are your thoughts and feelings about it as an investor? And how do you approach it going forward? Are you continuing to be positive about the outlook on real estate? Or are you taking a little bit more conservative approach? What are your thoughts and feelings about how the market is performing currently and where you are going to plan to take your investments? Yeah, great question. So I'm in Phoenix, which is one of the hottest markets. Multifamily is just absolutely exploding. We saw year-over-year growth, 30% plus in rents, and the appreciation is just unbelievable. I think we all know that that cannot continue for a number of reasons. I don't think any of us really want it to continue indefinitely, but sure would like to have another three to five years of it, right? But what I'm looking at now is really looking at operators that much more. Working in financial services, I understand my way around a balance sheet and a P&L. So I, I like to see businesses that are investing in their business versus pulling all of the money out just to go drive Lamborghinis and look rich to social media. So I like to see balance sheets that look strong. I like to see businesses that are growing, adding employees, going broader on the services that they offer or integrating the services. So I like to see in-house construction, in-house property management, in-house asset management, those types of things. I'm also starting to look at, I think multifamily is still solid and will continue to be the core of my passive investments. Probably about 80% will be in multifamily, mobile home storage. But I'm starting to look at some of these other ones that provide much higher cash on cash returns and fully amortizing assets. So like ATMs and even Bitcoin mining, things like that. So really balancing your strategy to make sure that, you know, now monthly cash flow is a little bit more important to me than it was last Monday, right? So I'm going to start adding in more and more cash flow or monthly return assets versus having 100% in all growth appreciation place. Got it. No, thank you so much for being open and sharing your story with us. Sure. Yeah. So let's say if the same thing had happened to you where you were high performer had gotten laid off. However, you didn't have any passive investments to support you in that event, in this unfortunate, unforeseen event here. Sure. What would you have done in that situation? So I think at that point, the urgency is around regaining the W-2. So I immediately need to find another job, probably go to the competition or something similar, just really be stressed out watching that clock of the severance stopping. So Ultimately, yeah, I would be on the prowl, job hunting, networking for the next W-2, 100% of my time. And that's actually what I did 11 years ago when I was kind of in a similar position. I was a high-performing sales manager in another large Fortune 200 company. The layoff occurred and I had basically just jumped in and started looking for another W-2. And that's a pretty stressful situation when you start getting closer and closer to the end of severance. So Yeah, it has been just a huge relief and taken a lot of pressure and stress out of what could be a more stressful situation. So So then if you knew the one thing that you know now about real estate, and if you were to go back to when you first started and tell yourself one thing that you know now about real estate that you didn't know then, what would that be? 
Yes, I think you hear this constantly, but the answer is start sooner. I was waiting for the moon and the stars to align and everything to be perfect and have all the money, all the money in the bank to go out there. I thought you needed to have a ton of money to invest in real estate and you just don't. When I'm out networking now, I see all kinds of people that have no money. They just have the hustle and they're out there and they're making it happen. And if you can find somebody who can perform and execute and has the hustle, money is going to find those people. So I would just say start sooner, whether it's house hacking or buying that fourplex with a 3% down and just whatever it is, start earlier because this thing really is your cumulative growth in this is just amazing. Where I am today compared to even 18 months ago is just leaps and bounds above. And prior to that, I was just basically a podcast listener. So I mentioned earlier, I kind of I jump in quick when I get excited. I wish I would have jumped in when I got excited 10 years earlier, because I probably wouldn't have even been in the last W2, I suspect. So. And if there's one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing, what would that be? I think what makes somebody successful in real estate investing is the same thing that makes somebody successful in any type of role or capacity. I think integrity is number one. So just simply do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it and how you say you're going to do it. If you just simply do that, no matter what you do, you are going to perform at a higher level than a very large portion of other people that are out there. Awesome. Well, Randy, I so appreciate you coming on and sharing your incredible story with us. It's a common story, right? Like a lot of people, Mm -hmm. they're in the jobs, in their W-2 jobs, and you feel secure because you have that, you know exactly when your next paycheck is going to come and that's going to hit your inbox or hit your account every other week or monthly or whatever like that. But when that goes away, you at least took the steps to prepare yourself for your family. And how amazing does it feel that you have some source of income or some type of backing to support you guys in this situation? So it relieves some of that stress for you to be able to really get your head on your shoulders right, focus and really not cut yourself short in a sense and have that option and that choice to pivot whichever way you decide. Absolutely. No, thank you. It's um, Real estate just shows to me over and over and over again, how powerful it is. And if you put the time, energy and effort into it, it will reap rewards for years and years to come. So yes, thank you. Awesome. So Randy, if our listeners also want to find out more about you, your story, reach out, where's the best place that they can go? Probably the easiest thing is just LinkedIn under Randall Smith. I'm also on Instagram at salesguyinvestor. Starting to build that platform a little bit more. And yeah, reach out. There might be some fun passive investing meetups here in Phoenix in the near future. Awesome. Randy, thank you so much. I so appreciate you. And I'm so grateful you came on the show today and shared your story with us. Awesome. Thanks so much, Eileen. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifacecapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly.
Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.